Welcome to the Circle 31 Podcast. I'm your host, Ayanna Robinson-Dixon, and this is The Love Series. Our guests today are Jennifer and Brian Harvey. The Harveys have a ministry called Operation Thriving Marriage. You can find them online at operationthrivingmarriage.com. The purpose of this ministry is to be a resource for couples and churches. Jennifer is a returning guest to our show. Check out our conversation on episode 19. Now, here is my conversation with Jennifer and Brian Harvey. All right. So we're um, Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Uh, We're out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, We're the authors of Operation Thriving Marriage and... And we've been married 19 years. Yeah, 19, 19 and a half. It's going to be 20 in uh, August 2023. Well, just want to welcome you back, Jennifer, and welcome, Brian, uh, to the Circle 31 podcast. We're so happy to have you both here. Thank, oh, thank you. So you. Much We're delighted to be here. So I wanted to start off talk and asking you um, to tell us what is Operation Thriving Marriage? So we started Operation Thriving Marriage really as a resource to help churches and couples build stronger marriages. We were doing ministry. I was on staff at churches um, for 20 years, and together we were doing ministry with couples. And one of the things that when we were doing classes and ministry, people would ask us, well, where's the book? Um, Meaning it as a compliment. And our response was, well, there isn't one, so take notes. We don't have that. But over time, we really all of the opportunities we had to share with couples and everything we were hearing, we felt God saying, okay, it's time to take what you've been teaching in person and put that down on the page to get a a broader audience for that to get this out. And from there, God's allowed us to move forward. We um, do online and in-person coaching with couples, and we also do um, conferences and seminars at churches. And the whole point is really to help couples move their marriages from merely surviving to thriving. And we want to provide those resources to couples and to churches so that they can help the couples in their ministries. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And we've, uh, we live in Michigan and we've uh, spoken in churches in Michigan over 2022. And in 2023, we're, we're doing some things in Michigan, but also heading to Florida. So excited about a lot of these travel opportunities that God has for us to reach people with his message about marriage. I'm so glad that you both, you know, were obedient in encapsulating everything that God has given you and downloading all of the wisdom and, and knowledge that you have. And um, just playing on the, the title or the name Operation Thriving Marriage, I wanted to ask you both to talk to us about the difference between surviving in marriage and thriving in marriage. Oh, isn't that the truth? And and I think the big thing about uh, us is we we're really prompted by a lot of these statistics that are out there that that are are really sad because divorce has increased forty percent since twenty nineteen, and and we believe that that's a lot uh, due to the pandemic and people being in lockdown and just being together all the time. A lot of problems that were uh, just swept under the the rug before that really came to the surface. And a lot of times people just didn't have the the tools or the abilities to really deal with issues. And we're also seeing a lot of other things uh, too, 
just statistic-wise, a divorce happens every three seconds in the United States of America. And the things like that, it, it just, it breaks our hearts. And another thing that we're seeing is something called the gray divorces, where the old stat was, if you had been married 30 to 35 years, your percentage of, uh, of likelihood to get a divorce was under 3%. These days, the age group uh, where people have been married, again, 30 to 35 years, oftentimes in their 60s, that's the, the highest rate of divorce is going on in that age group. And Brian and I just see all of these things and, and we are just so prompted and compelled to say we want a marriage to be there, not to just exist, not to be a bad marriage, not to even be just kind of a meh, you know, whatever, we're just kind of hanging out. We know that God wants your marriage to be thriving and to, to be life-giving to you and your spouse. And from there, it can be a life-giving uh, to your family and your greater community. You know, we, we often talk about just the concept of thriving marriages are really the foundation of society. And with these thriving marriages, building these thriving communities to building this thriving nation, that that's what God wants for all of us. I think a big thing too, when we look at what's gone on specifically in the United States over the past hundred years, there's been a lot of cultural shifts that have been really good, but it's been a change. For instance, a big one would be women in the workforce now more than they were a hundred years ago. We see a lot of these shifts, and with the shift, I think a lot of people didn't learn how to shift marriage to fit in with the new realities. And so you look back 100 years ago and what a good, healthy marriage was, and those were healthy most of the time. Um, you can see these changes, and we didn't keep up with that in communicating the purpose of marriage, how to become one in marriage and managing what we call unexpectations in marriage. And so like for us, we've got a very non-traditional family and that Jen being an attorney, she's the primary breadwinner in our family, but that doesn't change us being a Christian couple following scripture. We just had to adapt to the realities of today to our marriage thrive. And we see that and what we've learned and what we've talked to with other couples um, throughout our ministry, we wanna help people see that these societal changes, instead of just saying, well, marriage doesn't work anymore. Marriage is for way back when, when women didn't have rights, when we had, no, that's not what marriage is. That's not what marriage was ever intended to be when we go to what marriage is, but we've got to learn what marriage looks like when society has changed in these healthy ways to make sure men and women in marriage are building that firm foundation in Christ and understanding that purpose of marriage, which is to become more holy. Marriage isn't intended to make you happy. That's not why God made marriage. When you go back to Genesis, God created the woman and created marriage so the two of them could fulfill their purpose in the garden to begin with, which is being more holy, more fit for the work that God has for you. And, and I think a big thing about that too, as, as Brian's indicating, and you know, we're, we're giving um, your, your listeners more of a window into our marriage and we're delighted to do it, but we want to say that you can have a God honoring marriage and have it be expressed differently through who you are as individuals and then together as a couple. So I, I think another window is we recently watched, um, a, a documentary or actually a docudrama about John Adams on HBO max, Abigail and John 
had a different marriage than us. They were in a different time period, but it appeared that they were looking to honor God in the context where they were. Um, the Rocky movies, we're looking at Rocky Balboa and Adrian, you know, it's like they seemed to have a marriage that they were looking to honor God, but it was very different than what Brian and I have. You know, although cultures change, times change, you know, but, but you know, the format of God's uh, structure for marriage does not change. And then to me, I feel you guys are answering that question of how do we maintain being a God-fearing couple, even though we're living in a, you know, in modern times and so much has changed. So I want to thank you so much for that. And I'm recovering from the slap in the face that Brian gave me when he said, marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. Whoa. <laughs> But, but well, it's, it's so true. Um, I, I think that, that we all see that, I, I think, as a good wake-up call because that is so countercultural. But isn't that what God tells us in the Bible all the time? We're living into being so countercultural as Christians as that countercultural movement for the common good as God's creation and as his adopted daughters and sons. So it, it's just a really beautiful kind of thing because we really feel like, a married couple is in just such a beautiful way able to reflect just that small crescent or representation of the Trinity because the Trinity is three persons in one God. We as married people are one couple, but two people. So it, it's just a really beautiful reflection there. Very beautiful. And I, I wanted to circle back to a word that was used earlier unexpectations. What are unexpectations? So what we've learned and observed is that every argument, every conflict you ever experience in your marriage comes from what we call an unexpectation. These are unmet expectations that were either unvoiced, unshared, or simply unreasonable. And so unvoiced expectations, you expected your spouse to put the dishes away while you ran the kids to soccer, but you didn't say it. And so come home and then you're unhappy that your expectation wasn't met. And now there's this tension between you. Well, it was unvoiced. You know, if you had said, hey, would you put the dishes away? Now that's a different issue. Um, but when you, that's not voiced, it's hard to meet those expectations. Mm -hmm. Then there's uh, another set of unexpectations we call unshared expectations. These are those expectations that you grow up with and they're so normal to you that you they should not need to be stated. Like everybody does this, right? But of course the problem is <laughs> even if you grew up next door to each other, you grew up in different families. And then so many of us growing up, even like cross-cultural marriages and things like that, all these different things that, well, this is just what you do. Holidays are a great example of, hey, this is just what you do for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever the holiday is, that when that does happen, that's an unshared expectation that can be attention. And then some are just unreasonable. It's just like expecting your spouse to respond to you intimately is sexually the same way 30 years into marriage they did on your honeymoon. You know, those th things change or a lot of it too is spouses expecting 
their spouse to provide purpose or meaning for them. Tell me who I am. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's God's job. It's unreasonable to expect your spouse to be God. Jen is a phenomenal wife, amazing mother, and awesome attorney. She's a really bad God. I, 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 second, <laughs> I second that emotion. Yes. So <laughs> lousy God. So we've got to make sure that we're acknowledging some of our expectations are, that are unreasonable and fix that as well. And then, so we encourage couples, we talk to them, okay, when you get into a conflict, let's start with why that, how did we get to the swamp in the first place is what a mentor of mine used to say. What's the unexpectation? What was the unmet expectation? Was it unvoiced? Did you just not say it? Was it unshared? Was something, oh my gosh, I've got to deal with this culture that I'm bringing in and the baggage, or was it unreasonable? And you got to go back and repent to your spouse and um, ask for forgiveness and then repent to God and ask for forgiveness for this unreasonable expectation. But once you've figured out what the expectation was and why it wasn't met, now together you can look at the issue you were facing and solve the problem rather than look at each other and start blaming each other for being angry. Mm, that is that is awesome. And I, w- I wonder if I can get both of you to to tell us that when what happens when those unexpectations aren't met when when we don't address those unexpectations. Can you tell us what happens? Well, I think it's it, it's a really tough thing because it's like if you have a, 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 a an expectation that is not met, it, it leads to disappointment, and it seems like the the unaddressed disappointments if they pile on and there's too many that disappointment ends in divorce and and that's not what you want um because you want to be building into that marriage and and something that i i think everyone needs to know is especially in christian couples the enemy wants nothing more but to break up your marriage so that's just something to keep in mind i mean if you're, you're christian you're married my friend you've got a target on your back I think if you're a Christian, period, the end, you've got a target on your back, but you just know that the enemy is trying to split you up and uh, just keep in mind that you've got to be uh, counteracting that. You've got to be very honest with your spouse and very transparent about things, even if something seems little or, or petty. Um, of course, there's some things to let go. So for an example, and I'm looking at Brian on this one, <laughs> I had no idea that it bothered him um, that I squeeze the the tube of toothpaste from the middle. She does it wrong. She doesn't <laughs> know proper toothpaste utilization. Or etiquette, apparently. Or etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster, Ayana. It's terrible. Because he does the squeeze from the bottom and, you know. The, the, the correct way. The proper way. That's right. Okay. So so for me, again, I, I found this out, Ayana, because I read a draft of a chapter that he wrote for our book that cited that as kind of a difference right talking about getting called out now we didn't edit it or anything like that because it, it is amusing but it's sometimes that's the little stuff you just kind of let go and I'm glad you think of that as a little stuff even though I'm, I'm a toothpaste monster um but but other uh, otherwise you know I think that there's stuff where it's like gosh sometimes I even have to say Brian there's this issue or this thing it bothers me and I know that it probably shouldn't even bother me, but I'm going to say this out loud and maybe we're making changes. Maybe we're not, but us just connecting by having the conversation that that's giving us more of a brick to build our marriage with and continue to build upon that strong foundation, which is the Lord. And what 
we really want to communicate with this with conflict resolution is when you're looking at these unexpectations, you've got to make a decision. Do you want to be right or do you want to be close? Mm -hmm. Because that's not always going to be able to do both of those. And so we really encourage if you want that thriving marriage, marriages that merely survive are people who are focusing on being right. I'm going to be right. I'm going to correct these things. And so, for instance, the toothpaste, it's a minor annoyance because in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, I have to push the toothpaste in the bottom all the way up. But it's not worth the, oh, well, we should get two separate toothpaste. I mean, all the other, for us, for some couples, that's just the, that's a little thing that just, that pricks at you that you need to figure out a way to solve. For us, um, we, it's not that big of a deal. I chose, again, I didn't even tell her about it. This is like, you know, when we've, we move in together after we get married first time. It's like, wow, how did the toothpaste get mangled? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's not something that's important. So in that moment, I chose this isn't even worth bringing up. And again, you know, 17 years later, when we were writing the book, um, she found out about it. But the point is, you want to be close. And some things are just, you know what, being close is more important than addressing this issue. Other things, it's important to address this issue. But the goal is to come out on the other side of this closer than we were when we walked into this situation, not to prove that one of us is right and one of us is wrong. You know, we we recently uh, were watching the uh, induction to the 2022 um, uh, uh Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Jimmy Jam was on it and he 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 was inducted and he was talking about this in business but he said you know what an argument you're trying to win a disagreement you're trying to resolve and isn't that so true in marriage because he talks about working in the music industry and having these long-term relationships and of course marriage is for life so if you're approaching things as you know it's not a winner or a loser because guess what if you have this argument as a married couple there's no winner and loser to the argument you both lose if one of you loses you win and you lose together because you're going through and doing it together and i think all the time too when you're entering into some sort of a, a disagreement as jimmy jam would put it then a, a lot of it is is also making sure that you're taking it from the perspective of like Brian was saying, you want to make sure that it's not, I, I want to be right. Instead, it's, I want to be close, but also you're going into that with, we want to come out of the other side of this disagreement being stronger and preserving the relationship and, and making things better. And I think sometimes too, you even have to say that to your spouse, if, if there's going to be a disagreement, just say, honey, we're, I, I need to sit down and talk to you about this issue. And I want to make sure that, that we're growing in, in this kind of oneness before the Lord. And I want to come out stronger. And I know you do too, at the end of this. That is a great segue to my next question, Jennifer. I wanted to ask what it means um, for couples to choose each other each day. What does that mean to choose each other? I think it's a beautiful thing because I had actually talked to a good friend of mine uh, last week and she was celebrating with her husband, the anniversary uh, of their of their of their first date. It was like forty eight years since then, and they've been married for forty plus years. And she was just gushing and giddy. Where did the time go? And that's the thing, because when you get married, of course it's indisputable by anybody who would be at the wedding. You two are choosing each other that day. 
but see, the key is you've got to choose each other each day after that as well, and moment to moment too. And I think, again, as a Christian, this is reflecting how you are with God as well, because you need to choose God every day. You need to choose God in every moment as well. And remember that in Christ, God chooses you. His mercies are new every morning. Every moment, God says yes to you. I love you, always drawing you closer. And as we in marriage choose each other every day, we're reflecting what God is doing in us. Would that then answer, I guess, part of my next question, which which is what is God's purpose in marriage? So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. God's purpose in marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. God brings two people together. When you look at Genesis and the account of the first man and first woman, God gives them a job to do. He says, go and take care of the garden and then sends um, the man out before the woman is there for an experiment. Go name all the animals. And so the first go name these animals. And so the man names all these animals. And in this process, the man learns that there's something missing because what it says is, a suitable helper for the man was not found. And that's not a helper as in servant. The word is Ezer in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And that word in the Bible, if you do a word study, the word Ezer is usually God referring to himself. I am your great help in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. So that word that has been misappropriated by some people saying the woman is the helpmate is, is less than, that's actually the word that God applies to himself. What God did for the man is to show him that he cannot accomplish the job that he's been given on his own. This does not mean for your listeners who are single and God's called to be single, that means they need to find find a spouse because Jesus himself says that God has made some to be single. There are some that are single for different reasons, and they are still fully human and fully capable of fulfilling those good works that God has prepared in advance for them to do. Think of Paul. But for the majority to be fit for the kingdom, to become that holy tool that God has called for us, requires us to be refined. And marriage, that relationship is closer than any other relationship other than your relationship with the father you will have. And that relationship is able to help you become the person God intends for you to be. There's a pastor in Texas that he puts it this way. So listen very closely because this gets a little wordy, but he says, your spouse is you. Remember, you become one. Your spouse is you outside of you, looking at you, telling you about you. Say it again, babe. Your spouse is you. (laughs) Your spouse is you outside of you, looking at you, telling you about you. There are things about me that I just don't see. Most of them probably because I don't want to see them because they're they're, they're ugly. And I don't, when I look in the mirror, I look great, you know, know? but those things that need to be corrected, Jen loves me, you know, wounds from a friend can be trusted more. So wounds from a spouse. When she comes up just recently, I screwed up. Mm -hmm. I mishandled disciplining one of our children Mm -hmm. and responded out of anger and hurt Mm -hmm. rather than out of 
love. And she heard me do it. She gave me a moment to, okay, Brian's hurt and offended by what happened here and came out and said, hey, I don't think you did that right. And as soon as she said the words, yep, you're right, I didn't. And now I've got to fix it. So I had to go and resolve things with our child from what I had done wrong, but that wouldn't have happened and my relationship with our child and my fitness for the kingdom would have been less if Jen hadn't been there to help me be who God wants me to be. That's really good. I wanted to know if you you both can talk to us about the significance of a Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 for for you as a couple. Sure. Um I I'll actually read that if that's that's all right. It's catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards for our vineyard is in bloom. So that's the beloved, the, the lover talking to the author of Song of Solomon. Those little foxes, in, think of a vineyard. Vineyards, they grow grapes. The little foxes will dig up the vines, will destroy the vineyard. And if you leave them in there, they will get bigger. That's kind of what little foxes do. They get bigger and become a bigger problem. Mm. So the vineyard in this metaphor is their relationship. The vineyard is in bloom. The flowers are blossoming. You know, there's good things happening in the vineyard, but we got to catch those little foxes because if we want our vineyard to continue to bloom and ultimately bear fruit, we've got to prevent those little problems from becoming big problems that are going to ruin the capability of the vineyard to do its job. And so for us, that's huge. We often talk to couples and especially when they come in Jen's office because the marriage is on the rocks or perhaps ending, it's not, oh my gosh, this meteor from outer space came in and hit our marriage and ruined it. What it is, is this little fox ate and ate and ate and grew and grew and grew. And what was this cute little frustration has become an irreconcilable difference. Wow. And so for us, we really focus on couples, those little things, deal with them now, because if you don't, they will get bigger. And so couples that are like, yeah, this little thing, it kind of bothers me, but we've got kids, we've got a life, we've got all these things. I'm not going to deal with that right now. When the kids are out of the house, we can deal with our marriage. The gray divorce, like Jen was saying. Your The purpose of your marriage is for you to become more holy, not provide a place for your children. Marriage does provide a safe, healthy, it's the best place to raise children, no doubt. But it's because God is using two people to grow in holiness so they can model that to those children and provide that warmth and love and representation of the Trinity to those children. And so the purpose of marriage isn't children. Children are there because the purpose of growing more like God and growing in holiness, what comes out of that is love and creation. Um, and obviously the biggest example of that is children being born in that. And, and a lot of times too, we'll say you might just be one choice away from a thriving marriage. You might just be one conversation away from a thriving marriage. So it, it's important to, to make sure that you're connected to your spouse and, and that you're acting out of love. There are so many of those 
um, and love one another or, or uh, uh, one another things. You can do a Google search of, uh, about the Bible, about how you need to be uh, treating um, someone who is your brother or sister in Christ. And, and guess what? That's what your spouse is. Yes. So look at those things. And those things are kind of your, your bottom line level to treating another Christian who is your spouse. And then you add those other things on how to treat your spouse. You don't just go to, well, gosh, where does it say the spouse stuff, right? You know, Google the one another. That's really good. Um, I want to ask you to please uh, talk about your book. You have a book. Oh, we sure yeah. do. Absolutely. So it is called Operation Thriving Marriage. It dropped during the pandemic. So we've done a lot of uh, podcast appearances, including uh, yours. Thank you very much for, again, for having us back uh, to, to talk about that. We're coming out with a small group study guide for it soon, just at, at the request of uh, churches. And uh, it, it's just a really exciting time to just see what God's doing and the couples that he has to reach. So yeah, so Operation Thriving Marriage, there's three main things that we hope that you get when you read from book one. We're going to dig deeper into that purpose for marriage and show you from scripture that marriage is about holiness, not happiness. We're going to talk about what it means to be one flesh and building oneness. A lot of the couples that we talk to, they don't understand that unique relationship and what it means to become one. So you'll see again the scripture and talk about how to build that oneness in your relationship. And we get deep into the unexpectations and look at scripture on how to manage those unexpectations, particularly in the areas that are most often troubling for couples, um, communication, sex, and money. Oh. And in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, those are some good Did ones. I say that? Did I say that out loud? <laughs> you did, Jennifer. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media? The easiest place to find us on social media is Facebook. You can just search Operation Thriving Marriage, and we are there. Look forward to connecting with any of your audience that's interested in learning more. And our website is OperationThrivingMarriage.com. We have a, uh, a podcast going as well, and we, we have a good time with that. Well, Brian and Jennifer, it has been my honor and pleasure to have you with us today on the Circle 31 podcast. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed um, and encouraged by what you've shared today. Um, and I encourage our listeners to please find you on social media and to grab up your resources. And so thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having thank us. This was a you. joy. That concludes today's episode of The Love Series. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Visit our website at circle31internationalwomensministry.org to sign up to receive podcast updates. And as a thank you for signing up, you will receive the 28-day Love Series Devotional Guide. Check out our YouTube channel for the Love Series playlist. It's a collection of our guests' favorite songs. You can find us on YouTube at Circle 31 Women's M-I-N. That's Circle 31 W-O-M-E-N-S-M-I-N. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you for joining us today.